Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. All right, welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years, lakeland.edu. Don't forget Green and Gold postgame show. Gary Ellerson and myself comes up on Sunday after the Packers-Saints game. Of course, it's presented to you by Lakeland University. And looking forward to being on the air uh, starting at 6.30 coming up on Sunday night. Myself, Gary Ellerson, and Jeff Orlowski producing that postgame show. That will always be entertaining. I mean, Gary and I can be entertaining, I guess, at times, but... You had Jeff Orlowski into a Gary Ellerson show. Now we're talking real entertainment value, possibly, uh, with Orlowski getting thrown in. So looking forward uh, to doing the Green and Gold postgame show, presented by Lakeland University, uh, coming up on Sunday for that one. Coming up on today's show, Don Wachillis is back. Yes, College Sports Show uh, comes up again tonight from 6 to 8 o'clock, every Thursday night for the most part, uh, from 6 to 8 o'clock, uh, all the way through football and uh, through college basketball season, always a lot of fun. And uh, he and I were uh, texting last night, and part of the reason he's coming on is to promote a show, obviously, tonight. The other part of the reason he's coming on is because he was very, very, very mad uh, about our Paul Chris topic uh, yesterday. So uh, we'll get him on uh, and talk about Coach Chris and his future with Wisconsin and what he's done to this point and all that fun stuff. He'll join us coming up in about uh, 15 minutes uh, or so. Uh, and then uh, we will talk with Keith Tozer, a longtime a Milwaukee Wave head coach for a long time, won championships there, uh, now runs futsal, uh, a commissioner of futsal uh, around the country as well for the futsal leagues, pro leagues. So we'll talk with him uh, and get his thoughts on what happened last night with uh, U.S. and Honduras. I, I was on uh, Twitter last night and for two reasons. Uh, one, uh, during the Brewers game. Uh, and then after that, the, the U.S. soccer match started at 9.30. Well, I was of the belief that it was only on Paramount. And I was not going to spend money on an app to watch a World Cup qualifier. That was not happening. So that was that was a plan. Well, fine. Uh, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. I'll just kind of follow along on Twitter. I'm sure we'll see highlights on Twitter, and I'll just follow that way. So as I'm following along on Twitter, then I come across Eric Name, who, of course, is from The Athletic, uh, covers the Milwaukee Bucks, huge soccer fan. I realized that I didn't, I didn't understand. I mean, I knew Eric Name was. Because he and I have talked soccer before. I didn't realize how many people that come on our shows are big soccer fans. I had no idea. Tim Muma, who we have on all, all, all the time, he's a huge soccer fan. And he was tweeting about the U.S. soccer team uh, last night. Obviously, we know about Bard uh, Winkler on the morning show and Toby Altizer are our soccer fans too. But So I see Eric Name uh, tweet out in the second half of the game uh, that, in fact, the game was on TV. But it was Telemundo. So if you don't speak Spanish, you're not going to understand anything, but at least you could watch it. So I was like, in, done, I'm there. So at like the, what was it, the 60-minute mark or whatever it was, somewhere in that area, I when I saw the tweet, I turned it on. I was able to watch uh, the rest of the match, and the U.S. obviously goes on uh, to beat Honduras 4-1 to yesterday. So we'll talk with uh, Keith Tozer about that. 
I did not see Dan Plucker on Twitter last night, however, uh, during the U.S.-Honduras uh, match. You not a soccer fan, Plucker? Not 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 your thing? I pay attention to it occasionally. Usually it comes in, in spurts, and right now I'm not in that spurt. Did you play at all? Uh, when I was very young. not. And then you stopped as you right, got older, right? right? Like every like five or six-year-old does. They Plays, play yeah. Right. We just signed up Jackson, our five-year-old, to right. play soccer. Exactly. Starts... Uh, <laughs> When does he start? Does he start Thursday? He might start this week, actually. Not tonight. I think I played soccer until I was in like fifth grade, and then my parents made me choose soccer or baseball, and I chose baseball. So those aren't at the same time, were they? Uh, I was both. I think it was is not at the same time, but I also played basketball. That would interfere. Yeah, exactly. So right, but they were like, you can do basketball and soccer, you can do basketball and baseball, and I went with basketball. Basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand that. A lot of a lot of kids play soccer. Like you said, uh, early, uh, and then as they get older, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, for whatever the reason, it tends to die off a little bit, and that is why Team USA having any type of success uh, at a international level would be huge uh, going forward. Especially considering a lot of these guys, the guy for Honduras, I'm pretty sure plays for the Dynamo in MLS. The guy that scored for them. So I mean, now you're seeing guys that are in the MLS that play professionally in this country now having impact on the international level, and that is what the MLS. Desperately is needed forever. Okay. I don't want to talk soccer the whole first segment. I was just promoting the fact Keith Tozer uh, is coming up. I want to talk more about the Packers because we have Packers uh, and Saints obviously coming up. And our guy, uh, Jimmy Shapiro, uh, who is the media relations guy uh, for Bet Online, uh, always sends us all these odds and so forth. And he sent an email with where the Packers are uh, compared to, you know, everybody else with all these different uh, bets that you can make one way or the other. So, for example, uh, the Packers uh, are 11 to 1 Super Bowl odds, a third of 32. Fine. Uh, conference winner, obviously, Tampa Bay is first. Packers are second, 6 to 1. Uh, division winner, uh, 2 to 3, obviously, uh, to win the division, 43 to 20. Like, why do these, these fractions have to be so, so over the top like that? But either way, 43 to 20 uh, for second place, 23 to 4 for third, 22 to 1 for last in the division. I'll be honest, even if they were to lose Aaron Rodgers, I still don't think that Jordan Love would have them in last place. I still don't think, even if Rodgers is the only guy who goes down, and Adams is healthy, Bakhtiari stays healthy when he comes back, Jones is healthy, the rest of the offense is intact, everybody else is healthy. You lose Rodgers, boom, there he goes. Okay, he's done. And now Jordan Love has to be that guy. I still don't think they end up in last place in the division. I don't, because I just think there's too much talent still on that offense to help Jordan Love uh, get through it. And Matt LaFleur is just really good as a head coach, too. Okay, uh, regular season wins, over under 10. We didn't do win total projections uh, on uh, the big show earlier. Plucker, should we do win predictions tomorrow, or do you think we did enough already? Or should we do win predictions? No, we got to do win predictions for the Packers. You want to do win predictions, yeah. too? Again, 17 games this year, uh, and they're over under uh, for the Packers is 10. That seems really low to me. Like 10 seems really low. And they were 13 and three last year, 13 and three the year before that. Grant you, the second half of their schedule does get tough. Not saying it doesn't. I've been harping on that since the schedule came out that the second half of the schedule gets tough, providing the teams on their schedule are healthy and you're healthy and everything plays out. Now, who knows? By the time you get to those guys, maybe they're banged up, they're hurt, you're healthy. Uh, and it's not as bad. Or it goes the other way. By the time you get to them, you're down four or five guys on offense and defense, uh, and now it really becomes almost impossible to win those football games. Ten. I I think the over is easy there. And obviously I'm missing something, but I I would say over on that easy. Uh, Odds to make the playoffs fine. MVP odds, Aaron Rodgers is at 16-1. to Again, I don't gamble. I don't bet. That seems like a good bet to me, Plucker. 16 to 1 on Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP. Yeah, the thing is, people don't love back to back and MVPs in any oh, sport. I understand. It's very difficult to do. I'm not Ask saying that it's impossible. I, right. Yeah. Giannis did it. And yep. how many times has it been done in NBA it history? It hasn't. That many. Few. Yeah, exactly. six or seven, something and, like that. In the NFL, I, I don't know, but I can't think it hap- has happened very often. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that won back-to-back MVPs. Let's look it up. That would be fun. I- I'd like to I'll see it. I'm interested in knowing how many times that's happened. Now, the other Packer player that's listed on here for MVP odds that he sent me is Devontae Adams, 150-1. to 1. No chance. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your money. First of all, 
There's no wide receiver I don't believe in the National Football League currently on a roster that is good enough to win an MVP in this league over the other talent in the league right now. I mean, you're talking about having to upset a Mahomes, having to upset Brady, having to upset, upset meaning overtake, Rodgers, like those three to start with. Those are the first three you have to beat. Now, that does not include an upstart like Josh Allen, who everybody likes. That does not include any type of huge running back deal, uh, running back dude like, say, Derrick Henry, uh, who, you know, if they put up some monster type year, he's going to be in consideration more than likely uh, for that award, too. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't see how any wide receiver wins it. I mean, go through whoever you want DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona, Julio Jones, whoever. I just don't think there is one guy, one wide receiver. There is no Randy Moss. There's no Randy Moss where he's going to be that dominant guy all year. When Randy Moss first came in the league, his first couple of years, he dominated. Like, there was no way to stop him. That's what it would have to be nowadays in order to win the MVP. And while Devontae Adams is obviously probably the best wide receiver, I still don't think it's good enough to overtake the quarterbacks uh, at this point. All right, back-to-back MVPs, Plucker. What do you got? All right, starts with, of course, Brett Favre, who won three in a row. Yep. Um, between 95 yeah, and 97. One of those was split with Barry Sanders, I believe, where they were co-MVPs. Correct. Um, and then the first was Jim Brown in the first two years that the MVP was given out. Fine. Which was 57-58. Montana did it in 89-90. And then Peyton Manning did it in 08-09. So four times. So four times in NFL history it's happened. Oh, Rodgers have been uh, three years apart. You know Rodgers wants this. In 11, 14, yeah. and then, uh, I guess, this past year. So how does he get three in a row? Well, he wins it this year, and then if he goes to a new team and takes them on a on a big run, he wins it a third year. That's how he wins it three in a row to match Brett. So Brett, is Brett the only one to have done it three times, three years in a row? Uh, yes. Wow. I mean, that. Say whatever you want about all his interceptions and everything else, but that's that's really impressive to win MVP award in any sport three years in a row to be that guy uh, for three consecutive seasons. Yeah, so that that last season in '97, he did share it with Barry Sanders. But yes, they they he still won it. He so still won three it three in a row. Right? Yeah, he he still gets it at the end of the day. So wow, all right, good stuff there. Uh, okay, so some of the other things uh, that we look at here. Uh, on these things that were sent to us. Uh, okay, most interceptions, yeah, Rodgers, 201. Yeah, it's it's not going to happen. I mean, he's just not going to be that guy necessarily at the end of the day. Uh, rushing touchdown leader Aaron Jones, 20-1. to 1. I think that's a possibility. I could see him leading the league uh, in rushing touchdowns. Rushing yards, Aaron Jones, 22-1. to 1. No, because I don't think he's going to have enough carries in order to because I think Dylan's going to be in there on drives where Jones is just going to be on the sidelines watching. Uh, and he's going to miss those carries. So I, I think that's probably going to work against him. Uh, receiving leader, Devontae Adams, 8-1. to one. Yeah, I can see that happening. Most receptions, Devontae Adams, 8-1. to one. Yep, I can see that happening. Receiving touchdown leader, Devontae Adams, 15-2. to two. Then Tunyon at 50-1, to one, MVS at 100-1. to one. Now, this one, I think MVS isn't a bad bet at 100-1. to one. If MVS becomes that breakout guy this year, and becomes that guy that doesn't drop seven balls. I could see MVS having 12 to 15 touchdowns. They're going to pay attention to Devontae Adams. We know this. Randall Cobb is going to have that attention. Tony will probably have some. MVS is going to be the guy that's going to be, you know, streaking down the sidelines and letting Rodgers throw the ball to him on play action fakes or whatever. I could see MVS having that type of huge year where you could cash in on a, a long, long-term bet at 101. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Defensive player of the year, Jair Alexander, 40 to 1. Zadarius Smith, 66 to 1. Rashawn Gary made the board at 66 to 1. I don't know. Defensive player of the year to me normally ends up being that cornerback that's got a bunch of interceptions and kind of dominated, or the pass rusher, right? Uh, maybe sometimes the middle linebacker, but there hasn't been a middle linebacker in this league remotely close to being defensive player of the year. I can't imagine in some time. So it's going to be a pass rusher that's going to get a bunch of sacks or a cornerback that dominates. And Jair Alexander himself said that, you know, as of recently, they just quit throwing his way for the most part. He doesn't get nearly as many uh, people trying to pick on him because they respect him. So they go against Kevin King or they'll go against, uh, you know, Sullivan or they'll go against Stokes. But they're probably not going to throw his way enough. So I think that 
probably takes him out of Defensive Player of the Year uh, as well. Zedarius Smith, though, sure, if, not sure if he can stay healthy. Rashawn Gary, can he be on the field enough to get enough numbers in order to qualify? So I guess I'm not buying into the Defensive Player of the Year uh, award uh, that way either. Coming up next, Don Wachillis, host of our college uh, sports show on Thursday nights from 6 to 8 o'clock. It starts tonight. He was none too happy with the big show and our Coach Chris comment, uh, Coach Chris question yesterday. And we'll talk about those Badgers coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Flying solo like always on Sparky's Midday Madness. College basketball show comes up tonight with our guy Don Wachillis, who joins us now. Don, thanks for coming on, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Steve. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You know, th- this is the thing. You you seemed very mad last night uh, or yesterday afternoon. We were talking about <laughs> Coach Chris and whether or not, uh, you know, maybe they should move on and fire him. And I will simply say this that we did the topic because Gary Ellerson was seeing, and as was I, and he was getting a tweeted at him. I wasn't getting a tweeted at me as much as he was. But people are just saying, this is it. Like, this is the ceiling. And Chris has gotten him as far as he can get him. He's not going to be able to get him to the national championship level. He's not going to be able to get him to being in a four-team championship. He's recruited as well as he can recruit. Let's just move on, call a day, and see if we can find somebody who can take the Badgers to that next level to compete for a national championship. To a degree, Don Wachillis, they may be right that this may be the ceiling for Paul Chris. I don't want them to get rid of Paul Chris. I don't want them to fire Paul Chris. But I think maybe maybe we are getting close to the ceiling of where we're going with Paul Chris. Having said that, his recruiting classes are better than Bielema's. His recruiting classes have been really, really good the last couple of years, even though you couldn't tell it on Sunday. Uh, but I, I think he's getting better to a degree, but I can understand where people look at this or this this team, this Badgers football program, and say maybe this is as high as it can go with this coach. I get the frustration. I guess where I get frustrated is that every time we lose a game, regardless of whether it's the Badgers, we can be talking about the Brewers, not necessarily this year, but name a sport, and immediately when we get a tough loss, we immediately want to fire somebody. And you think back, you know, uh, of some of the coaches that you've already mentioned, Steve, that we had, I, I, if you've got somebody better in the tank right now, then I'm like, okay, let's move forward. But to give up on a guy who has been one of the stalwarts in the Big Ten, I mean, you can run down the stat sheet that – you know, he's one of the better coaches we've seen as far as Wisconsin goes and as far as the Big Ten goes. Sure. To lose our minds because they lost the first game to me is just absurd. Well, this is college football, though, and that means their playoff hopes are probably dead unless they pull the upset of all upsets and beat Ohio State because the Badger program is not going to be afforded two losses and still be able to make uh, a four-team playoff at this point, and that is – why everybody wants expanding playoffs because again as a badger fan realistically it, you're if you're watching this to see them being a 14 playoff the season's probably over unless you think they can beat ohio state at the end as far as the 14 playoff goes I, I i agree and i think that's why it has to be expanded but i'm also watching the game then saturday night with georgia beating clemson in my mind looking at what happened in week one of the acc Clemson's out of it. Now, people will say, oh, they've been there before. They have a name. The ACC, if we just focus on week one, is not what the ACC was. So, therefore, in my mind, Clemson's out of it as well. There are a lot of teams after week one that can be theoretically eliminated from that final four. And then the argument comes, should they have played Eastern Michigan week one, worked the kinks out, and then had the big game in week two? It makes sense, but that isn't the way the schedule was set up. No, and that's exactly right. And see, that's that's the other thing that goes along with this, and, and Tom Motes brought that up, is is it really better to have you know heavyweight fights uh, in conference heavyweight fights in the first game of the season, or are you better off having this game against Eastern Michigan in week one and then letting Penn State then be the next game? I think part of it, Steve, was the fact we're coming off of covid I think college football wanted to put something out there that would bring back the fans, bring back the energy, bring back the hype. 
And I think what we were just saying has it being flipped. That kind of thing we're going to see next year. I think this year was a byproduct of coming off the pandemic. Talking with Don with Chills, catch him uh, coming up tonight. Him and Dan Underberg uh, from six until eight tonight. What's uh, what's on the agenda for show one tonight, Don with Chills? Show one tonight. We're also going to be continuing this discussion uh, regarding the Wisconsin Badgers and a number of questions. We'll have Matt Bell's from Bucky's fifth quarter on. And then when we get into our Division Three segment, we're going to have Ron Ernst, the head coach at Rippin, had their first win in a game opening, uh, as I'm babbling here, a season opener is what I'm trying to spit out, the first time in six years. So we'll get coach on, and what could be entertaining is that particular game for Rippin was more like an arena football game as opposed to a Division Three game. And coach is a little bit old school and the defensive coordinator, so I'm kind of interested on his take when we talk to him later. And you, you were talking about it earlier as far as, you know, who's that guy in waiting uh, for Paul Chris. You bring up defense. Jim Leonard is a guy that I think a lot of Badger fans are excited about and are hoping is the next Badgers head coach at some point. Could very well be. I mean, you had to think well when last year there were, you know, rumblings about him going to the Packers and he's very content staying there in Madison the question then becomes, will he be a good head coach or is he just a great defensive coordinator? We've seen great defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators for that fact, not necessarily reach that same level once they become head coaches because your duties are increased by so much. Don, when we talk about where we are right now uh, with this alliance coming it looks like, as of right now, nothing is signed. It's all handshakes with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Uh, and these guys getting down the ACC all together and trying to figure out how to slow down the SEC. Do you like the alliance? Do you think it works? Do you see flaws? Oh, there's a ton of flaws, Steve. Just a ton. And I don't think it necessarily works. But I think it's in reaction to what the SEC is doing. I think... We're seeing the Big 12 today with BYU and Cincinnati and Houston and UCF officially applying to become part of the Big 12 because the Big 12 is hanging on now by straw in order to maintain their conference. The biggest question, and and since we started this thing essentially talking about leadership, it's the NCAA, a group there in Indiana that's completely buried their head in the sand and is watching a ton of obstacles facing various universities and not doing a thing about it, not offering any assistance and not providing any parameters by which to operate off. Yeah, you're right about that. But I I think the other thing uh, that some people are fearing and that that I've seen is that if you allow the SEC to get their way, that the college sports model as we know it will essentially be gone and you may be in a position where it ends up being a draft of high school kids uh, at some point with the colleges figuring out who wants who and then whoever's left ends up going to play elsewhere. I think the conferences, as they stand now, will eventually disappear. Really? Well, what I think we're going to end up having is a power five in which the country gets divided into into five various sections and then name them whatever you're going to name them to actually maintain a little bit of regionality. But we're going to end up with, in essence, a power five. I think that's where we're heading. Because if you take out the regionality in college sports, you could have a NASCAR on your hands, which then becomes a depreciation of viewership. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, he is down with Chills Catch. I'm coming up tonight with Dan Underberg, 6-8 to eight here on The Fan. And I'm assuming your great sponsors are back, like Soulbox, which, thanks to you, Gary Ellerson, is completely hooked. <laughs> you have to be. Oh, he's completely, I mean, he's, he, he's completely hooked on Soulbox right now. He's, he's got it in his house, loves it. Steve, after watching that game on Saturday, everybody should have it in their house. It kind of gets you over the hump, so to speak. And the other one is Waterstone Bank. Really proud of that partnership with the Journey House. We're right around the $10,000 mark as far as sponsorship fundraising goes and donations to Journey House nice. with that connection. So That's awesome. I'm really happy with not only having the ability to sit down and talk some college athletics, but I'm also happy we're helping the community out as well. I saved the best for last question-wise. Graham Mertz, Jack Cohn, did the Badgers do the right thing? Yeah, they did the right thing. It was time to move on. And Graham Mertz, when you look at the number of games, I know he's been redshirted. I know he struggled. 
If you look at the number of games, it's not obviously to where Jack Cohn is. Jack Cohn is a polished product when it comes to college football. And it was time to move on, and we'll see how the season goes. It's going to take a minute to get these guys moving again, and I think last year the pandemic may have set Graham Mertz back a little bit as much as nobody wants to admit it. The fact that he sat and looked at Jake Ferguson seemingly all game long anytime he had a drop back and pass, there's going to be some habits that the coaching staff for Wisconsin is going to have to fix. Down with Chills, Dan Underberg, catch him tonight, 6 to 8, and most Thursday nights from 6 to 8 here on 1250 AM. The fan again, they talk Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. We have Kevin Bullis on Thursdays uh, from UW Whitewater, Don. Uh, and they just absolutely annihilated Carthage. They were up 41-0 to in that game at halftime against Carthage in their Week 1 matchup. Yeah, I heard you talking to Coach earlier today, and they've got that game coming up against Salisbury. And that, in essence, that's a top-10 matchup. Whitewater right now is in the top five, and I think Salisbury is number eight. So, granted, you hear the name, you're not aware of it because we're used to the Oklahomas and the I, Wisconsin I think of and dinner. so forth of the world. I think of dinner is what I think of. I think <laughs> yeah. of a Salisbury steak. That's what I think of. A bad school lunch is really what you think yeah, of. Yeah, well, that but too, yeah. in essence, that is a top 10 ranked opponent coming for Whitewater this weekend. So, if people want to watch, you know, usually you can find these games on the Internet. You just go to the home school's athletic website you're going to see a dandy of a game come Saturday. Looking forward to it. Uh, Don, thank you so much. We'll be listening tonight starting at 6. All right, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Take care. There he is. Don with Chillis again tonight, 6 to 8. If you've never heard it, it's funny uh, because we have producers, obviously, that will work here. And every time a producer ends up on that show, I always hear the same thing. Man, that show's a lot of fun. Because so many people, you know, a lot of guys, oh, yeah, I like college football, whatever else. But down with Chillis and Dan Underberg, dude. Make it fun. Make it entertaining. It's informative. They have great guests uh, throughout the year. So if you like college sports, college football, college basketball, six to eight Thursday nights, set a reminder on your calendar on your phone. Make sure to tune it in uh, here on The Fan. Coming up next, Keith Tozer. Uh, Keith Tozer, obviously longtime uh, coach of the Milwaukee Wave, uh, also now commissioner of uh, the Professional Futsal League. We'll talk to him coming up next about what happened last night with Team USA and that soccer victory over Honduras. But first, let me tell you, football season is finally back. And the place to be to catch all the action and create your own sporting action is Q Club of Wisconsin. Not only do they have plenty of TVs to watch the games on, but you can also play your own games in their huge entertainment game room. I'm talking about indoor bocce ball, foosball, darts, pool table, uh, pool tables, lots of pool tables, table tennis. It's the place to be, not to mention their food. Awesome food, loaded burgers, wraps, wings. Plus, on Wednesdays and Fridays, fish fries piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or QClubOfWI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Robbie Makloff, comes up at 3 o'clock. If you like funny, if you like comedy, Jay Moore. Uh, comedian will be joining Rami coming up this afternoon. Jay Moore, of course, at one point was a fill-in for uh, Jim Rome uh, back in the day. Uh, this very station, actually, back in the day. So he knows the sports, too. So Jay Moore uh, coming up uh, later this afternoon with Rami Makloff. And uh, people weren't laughing a whole bunch during the first half of uh, U.S. Uh, versus Honduras last night, uh, Keith Tozer. People were not happy at all. The commissioner of the Professional Futsal League uh, joins us now, of course, former Milwaukee Wave champion uh, head coach. What were your thoughts last night, Coach, uh, in the first half of that game? Because there were a lot of people that were mad at Greg Berhalter uh, for the, the schematics uh, that he was running uh, in the first half of that game, which he eventually changed. Well, I... Let me let me first say something. I got a new title since we last talked. Oh, what are you now? So I'm now also the commissioner of the major arena soccer league. So oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did talk proud. about that though. Yeah, we got we got to give a yes. shout out for indoor for sure. That, that's correct. Yes, Milwaukee Wave <laughs> as well. Yes, correct. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Coach Dozer. Well, you would you wouldn't think that a third game of 14 matches to get to the World Cup would have the importance of this one. You know, with the two draws going in in this game and then going down, there must have been a big sigh in the bench of, okay, what's going on? But, you know, Burkhalter made three changes at halftime. Uh, I think those changes really were great at halftime. 
Obviously, Robinson comes out and scores in the 48th minute. That goal, I thought, was crucial, not because they just scored the goal, but when they scored the goal. You know, you go in at halftime, you're not sure what's going on. You come right out, and within three minutes, you got a tie. And then, Pepe, I mean, an 18-year-old kid really had, he was involved in all four goals in some capacity, right, a goal and two assists. For him to come out as an 18-year-old, get, the, get really the game winner at the 75th minute, uh, I, I think was great. And then you saw that the better team actually then pulled away at the end. But it was interesting in the first half. And I think that had more to do with the jitters from the first two games because if they would have won the first two games or won one of them, I think the start would have been a little bit different. One of the complaints I saw on uh, Twitter throughout was making sure Adams uh, plays more in the middle than he had previously. Do you agree with that? Well, I do. I mean, you know, you didn't have Gio Rennie playing, and uh, Dest was out with an ankle injury, so someone had to step up. And, you know, bypass in the midfield play that definitely hurts. Um, but, you know, uh, Aronson came through, and like, get late in the game, uh, as as the second half weighed on, they got more and more confidence, and they got an important win in in the, in the third match, which <laughs> normally you're not looking for a, a a big result then, but they needed it then. You know, Pulisic, say what you want. I mean, you know, he he plays overseas uh, and he's do, doing well over there, and comes back. Am I wrong to say that that maybe he should be doing more, like I don't know, scoring uh, for this team? Uh, at the international level through three games. I mean, he really hasn't been a huge factor for them necessarily. He had, what, a five- or ten-minute stretch in that game last night, but outside of that, there hasn't been much. No, I, I think they have to. he has to step up personally. I think him playing overseas is a benefit for him. Obviously, a player at that level needs to have a bigger impact on a game, and hopefully hopefully after this game, there's 12 players. And one thing that, that really came across to me is that this is the youngest team that the U.S. team has ever had. I think the average age is 23 years plus. I mean, to me, that's amazing. Twelve players have made their World Cup qualifying debut in the first two games, and Pepe comes out and he makes it 13 and look the impact he had in the game. Yeah, it had a huge impact. And like you were saying, at 18 years old, uh, to have that type of impact, there's two things to that. One, for Burhalter to have that type of confidence in an 18-year-old on that stage to go out there and play you know, within himself and do what he's capable of doing uh, and not causing you, uh, you know, mistakes on the field is a tremendous thing from Berhalter. And then two, for the player himself to be able to contribute the way, not only on the goal, but also setting up other guys as well. Yeah, like I said, he, he was pretty much involved in all four games. Yeah. I mean, all four goals. And, you know, Berhalter had a difficult decision to make with McKinney. I mean, you know, he suspended one of the better players. Uh, rightly so. See, now, hold uh, on, hold on one second. I, I'm just telling you, that is a trigger point for me. Like, what was it? It was, uh, was it yesterday morning? Yeah, I think it was yesterday morning. I busted into Bart Winkler's show, but uh, unannounced, no, well, not invited, because he had brought up soccer briefly, because Bart and Toby are huge soccer guys in the morning. Yep. I, I busted in unannounced, and I went off about this McKenney thing, because... My thing about this is, you know, you claim you want accountability and all this after game the qualifier World Cup qualifier won. That's what he said. Then you go and go out and into Nashville and go party, bring somebody back into the bubble, and you're the one that wanted accountability. So now you break COVID protocols. So now you're done for that game, which maybe they could have won had he played against Canada. And now you're done for this game, and they send him back to Italy. Oh, by the way, when he was in Italy the last time with with uh, Juventus, or however you say that, when he was over there, he got busted over there having a party with a couple of teammates and breaking COVID protocol there. Then his dad comes on Twitter trying to defend Defend him talking about, oh, you know, he's a really nice guy. You know, you you don't know the whole story. I know the whole story. He didn't learn his lesson from over there, and now he brings it here. And he's an instrumental piece to this team winning. There's no question. I mean, what a tough decision for, for Burkhalter to go into. I mean, he, he's got he's got to suspend him. If he doesn't, he loses the lock. Yep. You know, you know McKenney probably wasn't by himself. So McKenney's protecting whoever else. I'm I'm speculating. Um, but I think when the door closes for one, it opens for others. And I think Pepe coming in, uh, we kind of forgot about the suspension. Now, again, it was Honduras and no disrespect. Jamaica on October 7th, I feel, could be much more difficult. Um, so, I, you know, the, the younger guys came through. This, this is 
a really athletic team, as we talked the last time I was on the show. I think they have a tremendous amount of pace. The biggest thing they need is they need confidence, and confidence comes from playing well and winning games. When we talk about what the expectations were when Burke Halter got this job and came in, this is, this team has transformed quite a bit, right, from uh, when he got the job to where they are now. And the MLS, at the same point, continues uh, to make progress in seeing guys play uh, all over the world, too. As these guys are getting better in the MLS, it gives him a better chance of having success at the international level going forward, I would assume. I can't tell you how instrumental Major League Soccer has been for the U.S. team bringing on these young players. And, and we knew it was going to take years until the impact of Major League Soccer would come. And I, see, I think you've seen that in the young age. You know, I was the national team coach for the futsal team for 20 years. We did not have a professional futsal league to pull players from. So a majority of our players come from indoor, which there were some great players in indoor. But it is somewhat of a different game, so there's a learning curve. So to have MLS and, and playing all the games they do at the high level they do, and some players playing overseas, Burke Holder is able to bring these players in. Obviously, if you're playing a 7 or 11 or an 8 on another team and you're playing the same position in the national team, you feel comfortable, you know your role, you got your fitness. With, with our futsal team, we were taking guys in the middle of the summer who haven't played in four or five months. So kudos to Major League Soccer. USL is out there. But the young age of these players, as they go older, because around 27 or 28, you're starting to get into your prime. I can only see this team get better if they continue to win. I think that game October 7th against Jamaica is going to be crucial. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I am. I really am. Uh, and I thankfully was able to find the game on Telemundo in the last 30 minutes of it last night. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it at all with it being on that Paramount app, which I don't want to pay for. Uh, Coach Tozer, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Again, you're commissioner of Professional Futsal League, plus he's the commissioner of the Indoor Soccer League as well. Thank you so much, and uh, maybe we can do this again in October after they play. Let's do it again. Sounds hey, good. Oh, hey, Sparky. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the World Cup for Futsal is starting on September 12th in Lithuania. Oh. So uh, USA is going to play Argentina in the first game, which is the defending world champion. Oh. Half the, half the team is from the major arena soccer league. Really? Uh, their second game is Iran, who lost to Argentina Jeez. in the 16th final. You did and this draw? Six- You're the commissioner? And you screwed this whole thing? Who, who did the draw? I, I, have, I have nothing to do with this. And the third game is, is actually against Serbia. So we want to wish the U.S. Futsal men's national team all the best with a lot of players from the MASL. How many countries are in the World Cup for futsal? I believe it's 32 now, so it's the largest field ever. Uh, obviously, the top 12 teams in the world all have professional leagues. But I would say that Argentina and Iran, that group that the U.S. got is probably the group of death. But, you know, that's, anything that's, can happen. That's what it um, sounds like to me. That's why I said, who picked this? This is ridiculous. Well, you know how that's all weighted. Well, right? I, yeah, so, yeah, well, exactly. So people can watch it for the next month. Uh, you can watch your, some of your favorite players play. So where do people watch the, the Futsal World Cup, then? You can go to FIFA.com. You know, they carry it. Perfect. Uh, you can go to UEFA.com. Uh, they will also carry it. Uh, and then I believe maybe Telemundo or some of the other uh, stations might be carrying it. But it's going to be some great, great, great futsal. Fans are going to be back somewhat uh, in the stadiums. I'd probably say that, you know, you got to look at Brazil. They've won many championships. Spain's always great. Portugal with Ricardinho. you got Iran, which is a fabulous team, losing in the final uh, Italy is much stronger this year. I mean, there's, it, it should be should be a great championship. It's funny. I was just having a conversation because the the 14 year old he you know plays youth baseball and talking to one of his teammates' moms and her daughter uh, is uh, a soccer player and she was telling me that she plays futsal in the winter to stay in shape and continue to play uh, while they're not playing soccer. I thought that was a pretty cool concept and an idea. Well, that is w- what most people do around the world. I mean. And, and, and indoor soccer, and that's one thing it's, it's great, is that both indoor soccer and also futsal can help a player become a much better outdoor player. I think people got to look at it in a different way, and both sports are great for playing on their own. So, you know, obviously right here in Milwaukee, we got the Milwaukee Wave, and they got, uh, you know, a great history, and Mike Zimmerman's a great owner, and Giuliano's done a great job leading that group of guys. So when it gets cold, go indoor. Ben Zimmerman's got that huge indoor facility now over in uh, Rawson, 76th and Rawson, 
uh, that's got an indoor football field. He's got an indoor soccer field over there, the whole deal. So I'm sure you'll see lots of soccer inside over there uh, as well through the wintertime. Coach, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Parky. Talk soon. There he is. I know he's a commissioner, but I'll always call him Coach. Coach Keith Tozer, if, uh, applying for home re- renovation loan, has you feeling anxious? Breathe. Like great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. I've not read the piece that I just saw on Twitter. I don't know if Dan Plucker read it or saw it. Uh, but while we were doing the interview, because I uh, can't do two things at once. I'm horrible. Uh, but I saw Nicole Arbach tweet out a piece from The Athletic that this playoff is on hold now uh, for the college football playoff. So um, we're going to investigate that. Uh, Rami Makhlouf is here. I'm sure he'll be anxious to talk about college football playoffs because, you know, he is the number one college football fan on all of 1250 AM, the fan, maybe in the history of the fan. That man knows his college football, but he's also a pretty funny dude, too. Funnier than Jay Moore, in my opinion. Uh, we'll talk to Rami Makhlouf coming up next. And you're waiting for the music to kick in. It's not kicking in. What the heck? See Sparky Fiverr. Rami Magaloff is here getting ready for the Rami show coming up here at 3 o'clock. Just a few minutes away. Dan Plucker, executive producer, other side of the glass, like always. I hinted at the Nicole Arbach story from the Athletics saying this college uh, football playoff uh, expansion to eight games apparently uh, might be put on hold here. Dan Plucker did some investigating. What did we find out? So essentially what this has turned into is that Everybody is now mad that they were not involved with the process. And that's why the alliance was formed, or part of the reason Correct. the alliance so was formed. Correct. So the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 were not involved with the group of four people, four people that decided to uh, come up with this expansion idea and proposal to the whole country. And so essentially, Notre Dame, and this may be what the biggest part of this is, is the TV deals and Notre Dame. So Notre Dame essentially was, for whatever reason, represented in that group of four people that were that came up with this, and three whole conferences were not. Yeah, his ad- so, athletic director was involved for Notre correct, Dame. Correct. Yeah, correct. He was part of so. It. Basically, how it's proposed right now, Notre Dame would never get that first week by or whatever. Correct. But in their but they eyes, get a home game. In their eyes, they're going to be in the college football playoff every season. Correct. And because they would get one of those at large bids. Yep. And so that's what makes the ACC mad because the ACC wants Notre Dame to join the ACC. Correct. And according to this article with whatever agreement they have with basketball if Notre if Notre Dame joins a conference before 2036 it has to be the ACC I mean, it has to be the ACC because they're in it for basketball? Because they're in it for basketball. Apparently, there's a clause in that contract or something. It has to be the ACC, so it can't be the Big Ten. The only way that Notre Dame ever probably joins a conference at this point is if they lose the deal on NBC. So, essentially, whatever this is, is the ACC is trying to put a squeeze on Notre Dame to join the conference because if they apparently these conferences are now saying, well, we don't want 12 teams, we want eight. Correct. And so if eight teams happen, then uh, they don't want Notre Dame to have as good of a shot to get in every year, and there's a lot more pressure for Notre Dame to join a conference and try to win a conference every year to get in that way because the power five teams would make it in and like only I said, three teams after that. Unless they lose the TV deal, Notre Dame does. Uh, unless they lose the TV deal, I don't think they ever join a conference. If they lose the TV deal... Then I think they'll get. Then they'll have to. Then they won't have a choice. But as long as they have that TV deal, they're not doing anything. Agreed. Uh, so there are administrators in the Big Ten and Pac-12 who genuinely believe that the Rose Bowl deserves special consideration to not be a part of these bowls and that it should be its own thing. Fine. Um, so it would just go back to the Big totally Ten, Pac-12, whatever. Fine. And they want to go back to that. So even it'll be if the, the teams. It'll be the, the second place team in the Big Ten against the second place team in the Pac-12, more than likely. If more they than make likely. The playoffs. So, uh, Commissioner Kevin Warren came to college sports from the NFL. Has specifically mentioned Fox, CBS, NBC, and streaming services as potential new partners worth exploring. Well, yeah, and that's Big Ten commissioner. So um, we'll see how that goes. So. Uh, Essentially, he wants it to be more than just ESPN and all of these right. games on ESPN, and it should be across Correct. all these different platforms similar to That's the, NFL, the other thing. Which, they feel like ESPN ran this whole thing from the get-go with Notre Dame as far as what this playoff was going to look like and how it was going to work. Exactly. That ESPN was the guy running the whole thing. That's why they formed the alliance to begin with, or that was one of the reasons they formed 
of the Alliance to begin with. All right, Robbie Makloff is here. His show comes up next. Uh, he was put to sleep by our college football talk, but have no fear. I'll let you talk for a couple minutes. You know what's wild to me about that, though? Uh, first of all, I don't, I, I, I've never understood Notre Dame and how they can just be the one team that doesn't that's not a part of a conference, but can somehow because they have their for own national championship. They like, have their own TV deal. Cool. Great. I don't see how that makes you a championship contender and gives you well, privileges yeah, that no one else does. But like, he, they are can, people just afraid to piss off God? They Is can, that what's going on? Why no, they won't go after Notre Dame? They can schedule any team that they want to schedule. I mean, if it's wild. teams don't want to play them, that's it's fine. Wild. No big like, deal. If any other school was like, yeah, like, we'll just not be on. part of a conference. Hold, hold on. Plucker is like going to be ready to pass out. What? What? What is wrong? Ravens fear that Gus Edwards has suffered a torn ACL oh, in practice today. no. Pick up Le'Veon I say Bell, that y'all. because he is on my fantasy team, and now I'm uh, freaking out. I tried out. to pick up y'all. Le'Veon Bell this morning. He was gone. Y'all better pick up Le'Veon Bell. Damn it. Y'all well, better they picked pick up that other guy onto their onto their 53-man, so I don't know who that – I don't remember who, which running back that was. but Well, it doesn't matter. Le'Veon Bell is going to eventually be that guy, you'd have to think. Okay. Or they're going to have to – well – I mean, who's going to trade Are you a running back? Picking at this up Le'Veon point? Bell right now instead of talking to me. Oh, I'm, I'm debating. I saw your uh, thing uh, that you, thing? you tweeted you out. See my you thing. and I, I wouldn't do that. You're in Sam's fantasy football team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very similar to my fantasy football team. You know what? We left. We, have, we left. I I must have done a bad job with the screenshot. There were two guys that we left off of there. Who were they again? Let me see real quick. Um, well, your starters. I know one was Kenny Galladay, um, and the other one I forget who it was. Your starters. Yeah. You have Matt Ryan. Yeah. Right. Oh, and Curtis Samuel. Both of them were not in the screenshot. And Curtis Samuel is probably not going to play anytime soon, so you don't have to worry about him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Ryan, you have, correct? Yes. Uh, You have Julio Jones? We have Julio. You have DeAndre Hopkins? We have D-Hop. Yeah, I have those same three. Look at that. And you have the Colts kicker. Uh, yes, we do. Blankenship. Rodrigo As do Blankenship. I. Yes. I started laughing when I Who saw that. It looks like he's in the, the, the witness protection program. The goggle look? Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. The beard looks fake. The hair looks fake. The goggles are weird. No, it's real. He looks like he's in the witness protection program. He's actually a pretty funny dude. He is. I know. Yeah. I know. I like him. So what's coming up on your show? On Speaking the show of funny guys. today, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Uh, I talked about this a little bit with Bart in the morning today when I was on his show, as I am every Thursday at 9. It's a really good appearance. Go and check it out on your Odyssey app. Would you rather have a Brewers season like the one they're having now, or would you rather have a Brewers season like 2018, where it was a close race all the way down to the end? This. Really? Oh, easy. Really? <laughs> I'm in consideration. Why am I so different than everybody? But we'll find. Maybe I I'm not. That question. Maybe I'm all not. All the time. We'll find out. We'll find out if I am different from I everybody. Think many people ask that question all the time. Why am I so different than everybody else? Yeah, I don't know about themselves or just about me in particular. Just you're just different. Okay. And speaking of your different uh, differences. Leroy, very excited to come on your show. Leroy Butler will be here at 4 o'clock. Yes. We're going to talk Packers defense at that time. And something else. And something else. He's coming up at 4 o'clock. Yeah. Jay Moore, comedian from SNL, uh, Jerry Maguire, uh, Jim Rome, more on sports. He's going to be at the Improv oh, about next weekend. He'll be here at 4.30. Also, we'll hear from Matt LaFleur and Vinny Rotino from the Lockdown Brewers podcast and from uh, Bally Sports Wisconsin. He'll join me at 5.30. Jam-packed show this afternoon. Jam-packed Are you show. opening for Jay Moore? Uh, I haven't received word that I'm opening for Jay Moore. No. I, I'd like to do. I'd like, let's have that. I mean, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 yeah. And any, that, if any, that happens, then I want to come because I want to. I want to come. The improv wants me. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you should open for Jay Moore. I think that would be good for everybody involved. I'm up for it, especially if you're putting him on your show. I mean, that's that's a lot of publicity. They should they should patch on the bed. Go thanks. Uh, now we'll let you be the opener. That would be very gracious, right? Of them. Sure. Yeah. I'm not here. Figure it out, improv. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not here I, shamelessly asking for I, spots. I'll I earn will. It. I'll do it. I'm, 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 I'm willing to earn it. I'll earn it. You it did a, earn it. It was you were a great. Just there it was a great. And it was a great time last last right? Friday. Hopefully they enjoyed it as much as I did, and they want to have me back. And yeah, I'll be happy so. to be back anytime that they uh, that they invite me. Said it before. I think that's that, that's going to be where we end up seeing Rami really become famous. I mean, Milwaukee famous is one thing. Uh, Puder roof on it, famous is another thing that really took off for him, though. I mean, it really put him on the map in Minneapolis. It blew up quick, that thing spread like wildfire. Quick. Dude. I mean, not I, just in Minnesota. That thing spread. on social media, yeah. And that's the benefit of social media. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, was it fun. really, it really blew up. No question. So you guys know how Matt Lafleur said today that we'll probably get some leaks about the captains. Yes, tonight, um, today at some point. Yes, uh, Zadarius Smith just posted. Wow, with the little like. Thumb on over the chin emoji, like pondering. Maybe he didn't get it. That's what people are speculating. Hey, uh, see Preston Smith? What about him? He's hurt. 
So Zadarius Smith came back. Preston Smith went out. Laceration to the head, I believe, is what Rodomowski said. That doesn't sound good. I don't think it'll keep him out of the game, but yeah. So now he's a laceration to the head while you're wearing a helmet. I I don't know. Couldn't tell you. That hmm, that's something weird. So they got Zadarius back. They lost Preston. We'll see if Zadarius can play coming up on Sunday. College sports show tonight. Down with Chills, Dan Underberg, six to eight o'clock tonight. Uh, and looking forward to hearing those guys. I had Don with Chillis on earlier in the show. I know you don't look at the schedule, so I, so I figured I'd do it right here. You'll hear the promos throughout the I show, too. I should have that on my sheet and we had here, though, Don so with, promote And we had Don with Chillis on earlier uh, in the show talking Badger football. So always fun hearing those guys. They're always uh, fun. So uh, their pregame show with Rami coming up here, 3-6 to six on the fan. Have a good one. Toodles! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.